Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Travel Royally Podcast. We want to welcome you guys into 2024. Really excited uh, to bring you guys some more podcasts this year and see where we can take this. Um, today we have a couple members from the Monofyth Golf Club. Opened up in 1845. It's an open championship qualifying course. Uh, we have Miss Jan Kane, who's the managing secretary, and we have Vicki Hart, who is the general manager. Um, we thank you again and enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Travel Royally podcast. We're very excited today to have a couple of guests from Monofeith. If you haven't heard of Monofeith, you should. It was established in Scotland in 1845, and they have 36 holes that offer challenges for all abilities on what are true Lynx golf courses. The Lynx has been the host of many prestigious events in its time, including open qualifying, senior open qualifying, RNA junior opens. And in 2024, it'll be one of the hosts of the senior open qualifying again. And with us today, we've got Jan Kane, and she's the managing secretary, and she's been the driving force in the team since the early 2000s. Um, she's introduced a lot of changes that have made a big difference and made the links what it is today. And also joining us today is Vicki Hart, who joined the team back in July as a general manager after graduating from Colorado State University in Pueblo. So Vicki and Jan, welcome to the Travel Royally podcast. Hi, thank you for having us. us. I hope I hope that was an acceptable introduction. Love and I should I should say, Vicky, you're a long way from Pueblo. What what brought you to University of Colorado Pueblo? What brought me to the university? Yes. Um, wow, I played golf. Pardon? An airplane. That's yeah. what brought you. <laughs> About. <laughs> No, I started playing golf when I was about six, um, and I played in competitively for Oxfordshire County in England for my whole childhood and got scouted for an opportunity um, when I was actually playing on St Andrew's Castle course. And the rest is history. I just ended up there in 2018, survived COVID in the States and graduated last summer. Excellent. And what brought you to Scotland? Um, my boyfriend, he's actually the assistant pro at Broth, which is 15 minutes down the coastline. Um, so I came up here with him as he graduated a year before I did. And then I got in contact with Money Fee because I heard that they were hiring and managed to secure myself a role as the graduate general manager before I do all the training to become the actual manager, general manager. Excellent. Congratulations. Did you meet Thank your you. boyfriend in college? Yep, he was the men's captain of Pueblo on the golf team. Is he from over here as well? Or over there? He's as well? from Ireland. Ah. From Northern Ireland. Yeah. So we really made the United Kingdom United. <laughs> Nailed it. Well said. <laughs> well said. And and Jan, how did you come to be a golfer? I'm not. Bizarrely. Not. I have no, I'm not. I have worked here for twenty three years. Um, and when I first came for my interview, was asked, did I golf? And I said, no, my children were very young at the time. And I said, maybe when the boys are a bit older. My oldest son turned 30 this year, and I've still not picked up a golf club. Wow. However, 
that might change because Vicky and I have got a bit of a deal and I'm going to teach her all I can about Money Feed Links and the business that we have here. And she's going to teach me all that she can about golf. So we're going to end up with a new excellent GM and might even end up with me playing golf, but we'll see. Well, I hope that happens. It's a wonderful game and one that you can play with your children and grandchildren once you have them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think sometimes along the way you work in the business, the less inclined I am to, to join in, but we'll see what happens. Well, well how did you come to yet. how did you come to work at Monofeet? How did that come about? Were you working with another club or no, to be perfectly honest, um, at the time when I first came to, to Money Feet, the role at the time or the, the position I applied for was primarily finance-based, which is where my um, my skills and my, my previous experience lay. So I came from a finance background and that was the role initially at Money Feet. And then just through time, the role has evolved and different staff have moved on and and so on and so forth. And I've um, I've gone from being part-time finance to um, full-time managing secretary in the last 23 years. Excellent. Well, that's, congratulations yeah. are in order. That's fantastic. What a journey. So Jan, tell us a little bit about Monofeet. Most people in the States haven't heard of um, a lot of golf courses in Scotland, including Monofeet. So tell us a little bit about the club. I'm going to let Vicky do that bit for okay. you. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, That's okay. okay. <laughs> um, so our medal course is the true champion, and it's been the host of many events like the RNA Senior Qualifying, which, like you said, we're hosting again next year, um, along with Pamir, Downfield, Downfield and Montrose um, for the actual Senior Open, which is being held at Carnoustie. Um the course play the medal course plays at 6655 yards and provides a challenge for all players especially when the sea wind picks up which in Scotland happens nearly every single day yep um so we also have the Ashley course which is shorter and adds a short game challenge for everyone it doesn't matter what ability you are it's a challenge nonetheless um it's got more undulating greens than the medal and it provides a base for our 100 juniors as well um which we like to encourage them all to play on and then we've made them their own little three hole course as well so to encourage them all to stay and join on for the future excellent and i, I want to learn more about the club because i think it's a unique structure that you have right it's not like a typical members club correct no so this is where it's it's a setup that it's kind of unique to this um coastline really um, very similar to what you have at St Andrews where St Andrews Links Trust run and manage the golf courses and then the clubhouses are separate it's uh, very similar here so we have the two golf courses as Vicky's explained and we have three clubhouses and it's the members of the clubhouses who play on our two golf courses um, two of the clubhouses um, have catering and bar facilities anybody coming to visit money faith will be looked after in one of the clubhouses so they'll um they'll be guaranteed a, a friendly welcome wherever whichever one we we pop them into but they have they work on a, a rota basis so there's always somebody there to welcome any guests 
Yeah, it kind of, it's reminiscent of Carnoustie or Leaving Links, where they've yeah. got multiple clubs playing across those links, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and how many uh, is, how, how many members are in the club? Do you know? Uh, we've got twelve hundred um, golf season ticket holders, twelve hundred adults here at Moneyfeath, and there's just over a hundred juniors. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Um, how many visitor rounds a year do you get? Do you know? Not enough. <laughs> I, I guess that's why we're here, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, to be fair, with that volume of membership. Um, sometimes trying to get the balance between um, offering visitors tea times and keeping the members happy, it can be a bit of a juggle in that sometimes. But um, yeah, we could probably have um, in the region of probably about ten thousand visitor rounds in a year. Yeah, that do a lot for the health of the course, right? Getting that kind yeah, of absolutely, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and for people that are, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, sorry, I was saying as as the sort of the age demographic of um, of our members increases, and therefore you know sometimes the numbers can fall. Then really, the the visitor revenue is something that we are actively looking to to try and increase, just to to try and keep that balance to to you know of of the the income to to keep the courses in the condition that they're in. Yeah, well, when you think about places like. I'm thinking of, about a place like Royal Troon as an example, where they 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 probably get I don't know twenty thousand visitor rounds or some crazy number like that, right? Mm -hmm. It really does reduce the the annual subscription for the members because yeah. they're taking in millions of pounds, right? Which is I think it's it's good for the game, but I don't know that I'd want to be a member of a club that's got that many visitors right yeah no, i think no. that's what's good about us as well because as much as we do get we still get a good amount of visitors all of our members they're also willing to play with the visitors so there's a lot of them that we had an example of it the other day there's some american man he came by himself and instead of having a caddy he actually chose to go out with one of our members and he said that his experience was so enjoyable because he got all the history of the course and he got that really personal touch and we do pride ourselves on that as well. Yeah. I think that that's, you know, it's fairly common for, for small clubs like Montefiath or like the club I belong to Murray where members will be the caddy or you're welcome, you know, it's kind of the same thing. You can play with a member or you can take a member for a caddy. So I think that's a great way to get a, a true local experience, as you said, Vicky. It's just, I think it's wonderful. Yeah. It makes you see all the hidden parts of the golf course, too, because they'll take you in some places that you don't want to find. <laughs> so <clears throat> it's definitely good. Well, it's funny. You know, the courses that we play here are all tree lined, unlike what you have there, right? Or at least the Lynx courses. And if, if you came over, Vicky, as an example, and played, you could bring Jan as your caddy, I suppose, since she doesn't play. But if you hit a shot, you, go, <laughs> oh, you might say, well, that looks like it might be out of bounds or that might be in trouble. Because I know the course so well, I'd say, no, you're fine over there. Or you may think you hit a good shot. And I'm like, well, I think you're in the water over there or what have you. And yeah. so that local knowledge is really 
you know, it's important to having fun and, and playing your best round, I suppose. Definitely. But then you also have the counteract that with links golf, you never know. Either you could think it's the most perfect shot and I could tell you it's perfect and it could still end up in a bunker or anywhere. It just hits that one bounce and it's gone. So yeah. past knowledge is good to an extent with links golf, but it won't always get you home. Yeah. Well, and you know, that's exactly what happened with Tom Watson, right? I mean, he played his first links golf ever at Montefiore. The first yep. hole, he had a perfect drive straight down the middle, never found the ball, and immediately had a dislike for Lynx Golf, right? That's very true, yes. <laughs> and now at, he's come, you know, he's basically, I mean, he won five opens. He's beloved in Scotland, you know, and he, he's, you know, the, one of the biggest proponents of Lynx Golf there is. Yeah. So, and he's one of our honorary members, so he does like to come back every once in a while mm -hmm. to say hi. So, yeah, when I was doing some research, I saw some photographs of him there at the course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that must have been a very special day. I'm sure you were there, Jan, right? I was. Yes, I've got a very special photograph actually with with Tom, which um, we, we sometimes have a bit of a bit of fun in the office here with it because <laughs> it's it's a lovely picture of, of him and I, so we have a bit of fun with it. However, um. So it was 2016 he came back, um, which was about 40 years after his first um, win at Carnoustie. And he came back in 2016 when we were, we were actually host for Senior Open Qualifying that year as well. And he reenacted that original tee shot um, on the, uh, at the links. And he was also presented with honorary membership. And he placed a plaque on the first tee, which obviously still sits there, and it's a favourite photo spot for visitors to the medal course. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. You know, in addition to Tom Watson, you know, you've got a lot to be proud of at Montefiore. I think if as you study the core, the club, it's got a remarkable history. Um, golf's been played there since, I think, 1639. And then, you know, Alan Robertson laid out a course, a nine-hole course in 1845, he was the best golfer in the world. He's the reason the the Open Championships exists. And if I'm not mistaken, is Montefiore like the 12th oldest course in the world? I believe so, yes. Yep. Um, and then in 1880, it got expanded to 18 holes. Um, and then the second 18 was added in 1912, I believe. And as mm -hmm. I said, it's, it's held a lot of great qualifying tournaments, um, and it's ranked 30th in Scotland. So beyond beyond that, what makes Montefi so special in your mind? And I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you, Vicky, as a golfer, what makes it so special in your mind? <laughs> I mean, I've played a lot of golf courses and I really do love playing Montefi. I think the course itself is just kept to such a good standard and we've had we have greenkeepers that have been here for years and they know the course inside and out so they can they know what makes it good. They know what needs to correct you when it's like when it's time to be corrected. But I think as well, just the atmosphere around it, everything's so friendly and welcoming. And there's a lot of places that you'll go where you kind of get a bit of tension when you come because you're just there to play around. Whereas here we try and make it as like personal as possible. And I think that does actually make your round feel a lot specialer. And like you said, we're a hidden gem as well. 
like you don't know that we're here until you're here but when you do play it it just is a lovely course to play either course either course is good yeah i would happily play the course any day after work it's lovely yeah challenging lovely <laughs> in the summertime you'd like yes, to play I'm, yeah i'm the biggest fair weather golfer as it comes so scotland may not have been the best move but in the summer i did play it quite a bit <laughs> I had a tea time right after I met the two of you at Golf Connect Scotland on that Saturday to play the old course at 930 on, on that Saturday. And there it was threatening with rain, so we didn't play. And it turned out to be a completely acceptable golf day. And more than acceptable, it was fine, right? And... Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't. Why the forecast is a guide? You don't follow it. You just you take it with a pinch of salt. Yeah, yeah. Someone over there told me on that trip. Um, if someone asks you what the weather, you know, is going to be today, they said check with me tomorrow. Yeah. You know, like we always say, you you could get all four seasons in the same day. You could experience right. it all. Yeah. So, Jan, for people that are unfamiliar with that part of Scotland, tell tell them where Monafith is located. So we are on the east coast of Scotland, um, about 30 minutes from St Andrews and 10 minutes drive from Carnoustie. Um, we are about an hour from Edinburgh Airport and in Carnoustie country, where we're, where we're situated, you would find over... 30 other golf courses within a 40 minute drive. So we really are, there's just a wealth of golf in such a small concentrated area. We really are super lucky where we are. How uh, Are you south or north? Of, I, I believe you're south of Carnoustie, aren't you? Marginally, yes, yeah. just. But they're almost our neighbors. <laughs> so you've got in that area, you've got Monafith, you've got Panmure, you've got yep. Montrose. Those are all wonderful yep. golf courses, not kind of dotted around Carnoustie. Yeah, basically in a line up the coast. So there's there's Monifeith, Panmure, Carnoustie, then Arbroath, and then Montrose. So you could just play straight up the coastal line and you could enjoy five amazing golf courses just at that one small, small stretch of coast. Yeah, that'd make a wonderful trip, wouldn't it? Yeah. An enterprising young tour operator might put a trip like that together. Well, that would be a very well, smart yeah. tour operator. <laughs> well, there's only one problem with that. I'm not young anymore, so that, that excludes <laughs> me. Um, you know, I haven't played Monofeith, honestly. But it's been on my list. It's been on my radar for a very long time. And I was telling when at Golf Connect Scotland, I was telling the guy at Western Gales, I I think he was a general manager there, that I, embarrassingly I haven't played there either. There are a handful of courses in Scotland that I haven't played. Um, Monafith, Montrose, Glasgow Gales, Western Gales. Those are the, I would say, the four that I, I really want to play that I haven't. Um, and then after that would be places like the Mockery that are, or Askernish that are kind of more difficult to get to. But um, 
I love I love finding new courses or courses I haven't played. And every time I'm over, I try to add, you know, another course to my list that I haven't played. Recently, I played Scotch Craig, which was just just great fun. You know, really friendly members and just a wonderful time. So, um, so when people come over, one day. We'd love to welcome you one day. Yeah. I can't wait. I think you and I should take Jan out for her first real 18. I'm 100% yeah. down. We can take you for that. To be fair, I'm probably more about the 19th, but <laughs> that's, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> I, hey, did you, did you, I don't know if you noticed that, Jan, but America has rubbed off on, on Vicky, right? Oh yeah. I'm sure, sure people in England don't say I'm down for that. That's a that's truly an American uh that's part of the American vernacular. Yes, yeah, part part of our most on our multifaceted office these days. <laughs> what the the English American and the um the Scottish yeah. team. <laughs> My Scottish twang is starting to come through too, so Yeah, I haven't heard it yet, but <laughs> I'm I'm trying to restrict it as much as possible. That's good to say I she slips out a was, few times. I was just gonna say that. That's like that's the number one thing. And you've gotta do it with gusto, not just I. It's gonna be I. I I So you have it's a, starting to slip in more and more often. Do you have uh, so you have an American in the office as well? Yeah, Vicky. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, it's funny because I, I was I deal with Gullen occasionally and uh Ely, and they both have uh American women that work in their on their reservations teams. Which oh, cool. I, I guess is interesting, mildly. Um <laughs> but when 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 North Americans come to visit what can they expect at Monafif? Apart from all four seasons in one day. <laughs> yeah. You should never, never not bring your waterproof when you come to Monafif or any golf course in Scotland. Yeah. Bring your waterproofs. Um, but then again, the weather, that makes up half of the challenge of any Lynx golf course because the wind is the thing that makes it makes most of them so challenging anyway. Right. Um, um, well, look, I, I mean, what, often, what, I, what about from a welcome standpoint? Is it is, what is, as in, is it welcoming? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, the two of you are welcoming. I get that. Yes. But, <laughs> Um, I'm trying to, I'm, I want to dive into the fact that you've got a unique experience. I mean, I, I can feel it in talking to you about how special the golf course is and the club itself and the multiple clubs that play out of there. Um, but I think, as I mentioned before we went on the air, we want to provide experiences for our guests that are surprising right or where they're delighted with the experience and you talked earlier vicky about the american that showed up and he was a single and mm -hmm. he wanted a caddy and he, he he agreed to play with a member and had such a special time 
That's what I'm getting. Yeah. So, yeah. So when visitors come to the golf course, and it's the same with our season ticket holders too, they get greeted by our starter, um, who will then check them in, tell them, like, show them to the two clubs, um, depending on which one's the host for the day, and give them that history of the golf course. And we do like to make sure that all of our visitors know all the history um, before they go out and tell them Tom Watson's story, mention a bit about Vanderbilt, um, especially the ones that are going to go play Carnoustie. It's nice to mention that we also have the link with Vanderbilt as well. Um, And yeah, we just try and make them feel as welcome as possible because you just want them to be able to remember that, like remember us for being nice and going that extra mile for them and making them want to come back to somewhere where they do see it being so friendly. I think that's very important for us and that's what we are recognised for. Yeah, we, we pride ourselves on that sort of personal experience. We're a really small team um, and when visitors and guests do come to play at Money Feast, um, their sort of first point of contact with us is, is in the Lynx Golf Centre. Um, we're one of the admin team who's generally dealt with the booking. We'll be here to welcome them as well and it's always really lovely especially after a few months of maybe emails or telephone contact to be able to put a face to the name. So we, we do um, we do really enjoy actually getting to meet everyone face-to-face. So we make a point of somebody in the reservations team um, being available as well. And then, as, as Vicky said, the starters are there on the tee. So we, we do, it's, it's that friendly, personal service that that's what we really pride ourselves on, just being so welcoming. And we do get a lot of feedback to that effect. Well, I think something that makes the club a little bit unique and adds to that experience is that, although you haven't said it, I'm guessing that you're a member of the club for the day. So whichever club is hosting that day, you're you're welcomed as a, as a member for the day. And what's interesting about that in comparison to the other courses that we've talked about, and I'm not knocking Carnoustie or, or Leaving Links as an example, um, but you're, you're allowed, you're welcome to play the course, but Unless you play with a member, you don't go into their those clubs. Mm-hmm. Right? You can't just walk into Leave and Thistle Club. You've got to be invited in by a member. And it sounds like what, what you're doing is kind of prearranging that introduction so that they're welcome to have, you know, a bacon roll and coffee before the round or a, a pint after the round or something to that nature. Yeah. yeah. Very much so. We very much encourage it because you want those clubs as well to have them, have the atmosphere as well and, yeah, kind of get the football of the course too. Like, if they succeed, we succeed. If we succeed, they succeed. So it's nice to encourage everyone to get involved. The only golf court club that doesn't really benefit is the Ladies Pamir, but they're all, it's a group of 50 of them. About 50 yeah. members, and it's, it's a ladies. La- it's a ladies' club, and they're all retired, and they're just the loveliest group of ladies, and they have their own little tea and coffee after every round, and they are so sweet. Um, but they're their own little club that members and visitors don't really go to. But yeah. it's very lovely. Well, that, that's fantastic. So I got a, I got a question for you, Vicky. What's your your best score around Montefiore? See, I'm not actually so my handicap's plus three. Um and I haven't played to my handicap on the course yet. Um I mostly play match play, but my lowest score on the course is two under. 
but I haven't actually beaten my handicap just yet. But that seems like a next summer goal, so it'll be okay. <laughs> I don't think you understand how good she is, Vicky. That's very strong, a plus three. Can you beat your boyfriend? Um, I have, and I will happily, happily admit to that. <laughs> um, and I will brag about that for the rest of my days because – we yeah we do do match play a lot and he normally makes me play off the same tees as him to make it fair as well because before he turned pro he was off plus three so he likes to be like we're on an even playing field so I have beaten him off of the back tees so that is my claim to fame. Fantastic, that's wonderful. You know I take I my instructor is a woman named Angela Ormsby, and she was an All American at Georgia and. She played seven years on the LPGA tour. She's yeah. just fantastic. And it, she's just a joy to play with. She's, she, she's just, uh, she's in her early forties now, I would guess, but she's hits the ball straight, relatively far. We've played matches. Her husband's a professional as well. And we played, she and I with him and one of his students and we beat them both times. We played them like mm -hmm. a nine hole match. And I, I tell people, I've never seen her miss a fairway or a green. I mean, oh, never. Wow. She's just, yeah, it's fantastic. Just fantastic. Uh, so, Vicky, or no, Vicky, I don't mean Vicky, Jan, what's next on the club's agenda or the course? You know, I know it's coming into winter time. Is there work planned on the course? Any new bunkers or changes to the course? Nothing major. Um, we're really on pretty much a maintenance-focused um, programme this, this winter in preparation for the Senior Open coming next year in July in 24. So it's very much uh, maintenance and tidying because um, the, courses, the courses are looking great. And, um, yeah, so we just want to perfect what we've already got, really, at the minute. Yeah, excellent. I know that that's a busy time for greenkeepers. There's a lot to be done, you know, and, and you think about it after playing so many rounds over the summer, there's a lot of work to be done repairing worn areas, walkways, bunkers. I know it's a busy time for them. And um, yeah, I admire the work that they do because it seems like by May, the courses are in just magnificent shape. Do you have a lot of gorse on the course? Less than we used to. Yeah. But, yeah, there's still a fair bit. Yeah, we have, I think, the 12th hole in the meadow probably has our biggest amount of gorse. Um, but not every hole is gorse-lined, like a lot of courses around here. Most Montrose, if you went there, that's very gorse-heavy, but we're not that gorse-heavy. Uh, the reason I brought that up is it does provide a beautiful backdrop, the yellow yeah. mm -hmm. horses in bloom. Do you recommend golfers put their bare arm into there to retrieve a golf ball? <laughs> um, absolutely not. <laughs> I um, caddied for a little bit, and I remember telling a lot of the people I caddied for that if their balls went in there that we were just going to drop one and not tell anyone that it went in there because – I was not looking to get scratched up. <laughs> well, I've seen I've seen grown men in three hundred pound waterproofs dive into a bush to get a three dollar golf ball, you know, and you're like, what in the world are you doing? 
<laughs> I mean, that's crazy. If they, if they want to do that, then they can. But I will just stand there and, and smile until they get their ball. But yeah. I will not be jumping in there with them. Let me ask this, Vicky, since you're the golfer. What? No offense, Jan. Uh, that's okay. I'm taken. Uh, what what would be your favorite three courses around Montefiore? Um, well, Strathmore, I really enjoyed. I played it as a junior, um, so it has a lot of sentimental value just because me and my dad, we traveled up and we stayed in a caravan, and it was a brilliant experience. And it's kind of the same with St. Andrew's Castle course because it's where I won and got like a scholarship offer and stuff like that um i also you have to say our bros well yeah <laughs> I, yeah money that's one but i do really like our bros i think it's very unique set out it's very it's your traditional links nine in nine out no nine out nine in i heard they have um, a dodgy yeah. professional staff there though yeah they're really a bit iffy i wouldn't <laughs> go there if you wanted to go into the shop but... <laughs> Um, but yeah, and I really do like Pamura as well. I played there a couple of times now, and I just think it's a really good golf course. Yeah, and Montrose, you gotta throw Montrose in there as much as you do feel very bad for them just because the coastline's eroding so quickly. Yeah. Um, but they've still managed to keep the course in such fantastic conditions that you have to give them every credit where credit's due, much yeah. as Davy will definitely brag about it. <laughs> Yeah, I understand. I, I I haven't played there, but I've I've sadly read about the issues that they've had with the coastline. But even Carnoustie's not immune to those issues. Not so much erosion, but flooding. Right, this mm -hmm. year they've been they've uh, had to cancel days because of uh, the flooding. Well, I think just in the last month and a half alone, um, pretty much. Carnoustie, our brave Pamir, and us, we've all experienced flooding just from where the Barry Burn like floods over from the sea, um, which is a big shame. But every course is now back open and they've all dealt with it very well. And you've got to give all the green credits credit worth credits due because that could not have been a fun job. And it's very disheartening for them putting all that work in and it being flooded. So right. we give them all their credit. Vicky, what's your okay? So you've played Castle. I love that course as well. I think it's underrated. I think, I think it's you, very underrated. I think, I mean, I love, I mean, I, I love a lot of the holes, but 9, 17, and 18, I, I think are just three outstanding holes. What's your favorite hole on the course? Now you're putting me on, for the castle course? Yeah. That's a lot of pressure. I can't think of a single hole. I'm going to just go with the 18th. It's a great hole. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember a single one of them right now. Well, okay, 17 is the par three, over, you know, with the kind of over the cavern. Yes. Right? I mean, it's a gorgeous. That's a good and 18 is a long dog leg, right? I mean, you want a scholarship there, and you would think, you know, you'd remember. I know, you'd think that I would remember it. But that was also a good six years ago nearly, so – Oh, that's true. That's true. A lot of things have happened since then. <laughs> well, let me ask this. What, what, um, 
What was your your uh, favorite course in the U.S. that you played? Well, I managed to play in Hawaii, um, so that just wins everything just for the location alone. Uh, we played Waikola, I think, which was fantastic. It was very close to a volcano. Um, so you can imagine an English girl just going over for the first semester and getting to play in Hawaii was good enough, really, to call it quits just there. That was part of your uh, college schedule? Yeah, that was one of our tournaments was in Hawaii. Wow, that's fantastic. Um, what course would you most like to play anywhere in the world? Well, other than the obvious Augusta, um, I'd really like to play Shadow Creek. Yep. Yeah. After seeing Tiger and Phil battle it out, I've just really had like, just want to go and play and see what it's all about and see if it is as hard as they made it look as well, because they pulled it off very well, but I just want to go experience it for myself, reenact the match maybe. Yeah. I don't think they played all that well, but the course looked fantastic. Did you get to play Bowling Neal in, in Colorado? No, I did not. Yeah. I heard that's a fantastic course, but every, you know, most people say they want to play um, Augusta national. So, so I, the, my next question is, Jan, when will lessons start with, I mean, you've got a plus three willing to teach you at no charge. I mean, I know. in the summer, thousands of pounds of value for free. I don't understand how you're not I taking know. that. No, summertime. I think Vicky's a fair weather golfer. And <laughs> I think I would have to be inclined to, to take that as the, the first bit of advice. So we'll, um, we'll go with springtime. So perhaps if you come over in the summer, I might be just about ready, ready to take to... on Ash Ludi. We'll start well, off. I'll maybe yeah. still be caddying, but we'll... <laughs> I might have picked up the clubs by then. Well, I'm, I'm going to make a promise to you. I haven't made plans to come over next summer, but I, I typically try to get over there in the summer. If I do come over, I promise I'm going to come play. Okay. And uh, and then all I ask is that you buy me a pint afterwards. I'm going to test your 19th hole acumen, Jan. You say that that's your best hole. Well, I want to okay. see about that. That, uh, sounds, that sounds like a challenge. I'll take you for 18 holes and she can take you for the last one. There you go. You just put a there smile on her face. That's her. <laughs> She's a plus three on the 19th hole. Put it that way. <laughs> absolutely there we uh, go that's it my claim to fame <laughs> so vicky i've got uh, one last question and this is a golf related questions which is why i'm asking you so we have a lot of guests that come over for the first time north americans yeah. that have never played links golf and yeah. you know from a, a golfing perspective and i and you mentioned some things that you need to do when you come over but, you know, in terms of golf shots and how to play on Monofeith or another Lynx course, how do you recommend that people prepare for the types of shots they're going to need to hit over there? And then, um, Jan, I'm going to let you address the type of shots they take in the bar. But let's start with. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the most important shot to learn before you come over is just a penetrating wind shot. In the States, obviously, you can hit everything high and just watch it fly for miles, and especially in Colorado. So a lot of them aren't actually as confident during the wind shots, and that's where you're going to get the 
lower scores. The bounces in Lengs Golf are always unpredictable, so there's no point trying to learn how to do that. But if you can get that wind shot nailed, you'll definitely be flying on the course. And I, you cannot underestimate the power of a Texas wedge. That's what gets you around the golf course. If you can make a 100-yard putt, you will absolutely succeed on any Lynx golf course. Yeah. Is that is? Uh, let me ask this. It's a plus three. If you're, let's say, 30 yards off the green, are you going to chip it or putt it typically? It depends how tight the lie is. If it's really tight and there's a chance I might blade it, I would probably just putt it. Or I would use a wood and kind of putt it with a wood just to get that extra oomph behind it. Um, I do like chip and runs a lot more than I like putting, but that's just because my putting is not quite on par with the rest of my game. Um, but I would putt off the green from a fair distance if the line was tight enough that it acts like a putting green. Are you saying you're a, you'd be a plus five if you could putt? Absolutely. I'd be brilliant if I could putt. I can drive. I can do that very, very well. But putting is not my forte. I'm going to tell you something I think that's important um, for anyone that's listening and for you, Jan, as well. And I, I mean this in all seriousness. When you play Lynx golf, and, and you can attest to this, Vicki, it forces you to be creative because in the States, we play a game in the air where we tend to hit the ball high, it stops and drops or drops and stops on the green. Uh, the run-ups aren't, aren't hard like they are there where it'd be very rare for someone to 70 yards out to hit a, a bump and run seven iron. Right. But uh, in Scotland, I use my seven iron everywhere. There's a member at Murray, his name's um, Jim Young. He taught me how to hit this, play it back in your stance, kind of hood it a little. And it thinks magic, right? I mean, he uses it like a magic wand from everywhere. And I use mine all the time. And I've, in, 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 I've, I've brought it here and I use it here when it's appropriate. And uh, it really makes you, it forces you to be more creative and to look at golf differently because the games are two very different games, Lynx golf versus Parkland golf. It's, it's, you know, the way that I explain it is if you're familiar with um, American baseball, yeah. Then American softball. Right. So you you've seen both play, Vicky. But if Jan came over, she might say, "Hey, they're that's the same game. It's a bat and a ball. People wear gloves. There's a fence. You've got home runs, and and in reality, they're very different games. And that's how I look at at links golf. You use basically the same tools, but the game's very different. So. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so now, Jan, here we are. We've come off the course. Vicky and I were tired. We sit down. What are you offering me to drink? What's your favorite post-round beverage? Mine. Yeah. Well, mine would have to be gin. But <laughs> I am. I have to confess to not being a whiskey fan. But I'm so sure gin and tonic. Can... Gin and tonic, absolutely. With a slice of orange, just to be a little bit different. <laughs> Have you tried it with cucumber? I'm not a fan. 
I, I, I like the citrus of the orange. Uh, have you tried a what's it called? A an espresso martini made with gin? Oh, espresso martini is just my favorite ever. <laughs> I can't believe we're having this this conversation. <laughs> on well, I just want people to know that when you, when they come off the course, you're going to be there standing there with a that's how we make our experience personalized. Jan has actually stood on the back of the 18th green <laughs> under an umbrella, holding a martini. Yeah, that, that sounds good. Yeah, I can't believe I'm getting such a reputation. <laughs> yeah, wow. Jan and Vicky, it's been great having you. And I, I truly appreciate your investing an hour of your time with us today to talk about uh, golf in Montefiath, the cocktails that are available and uh, <laughs> the welcome that they'll get. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank for you having so us. much for having us. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much again to Ms. Jan and Vicky for coming on today. Um, we're really excited again to, uh, bring you guys some more content in 2024 some new and exciting stuff we're going to be focusing on st andrews in january um and uh, if you liked and enjoyed this video please like and share uh and subscribe so that you know when the next video comes out bye